Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. It's time to break deception off the body of Christ. Okay, my camera just went out. I'm gonna have to stay on this one. Praise the Lord. I've been having major issues, major camera issues tonight, but we're gonna stay with it, guys. It's time to break deception off of the body of Christ. There is a spirit of deception that is working right now as we speak in the life of believers and in the church at large. And according to Jesus, this is what your Bible says, that in those last days, that many people are going to be led astray by counterfeit signs and wonders. There's going to be a counterfeit signs and wonders movement in the last days where Satan is going to counterfeit the move of God. There will be a spirit of deception that is released that into the earth. And right now there are many of us that have fallen under the spirit of deception. I get constant messages. How do I know if I'm being deceived? How do I know if there is a spirit of deception controlling me or attacking me or manipulating me? And how do I know if the signs and wonders, whether it's at your church, whether it's at your home group, wherever it is, are genuine signs and wonders. What does it even mean to test the spirits? So we're going to talk about this because there is deception that has been released. There are many people being deceived right now by false prophets, false preachers, and false teachers. And God is exposing tonight, once again, the plans and the strategies of the enemy. The spirit is working in the church and it's working in many people's lives. Now, you don't have to be completely deceived to be under the power or under the spirit of deception. The problem with this spirit, and one of the reasons why the spirit of deception is such a strong thing and such a hard thing to explain or to break out of, here's very important, is because when you are being deceived, You don't know you're being deceived. Listen, if you were in the chat tonight and you said, I know I'm being deceived, Isaiah, it would not be deception. Here's the problem with deception. When deception comes into the life of the believer, they do not know that they're being deceived. So how do we break out of it? We preach the word and we expose it. We talk about it. We preach on it. That's why the Bible says the word of God shows us what's wrong in our lives. And this is why, if you don't know, we talk about many different spirits on this broadcast, on this channel, on this live stream is so that we could expose them so they will not deceive you satan's agenda satan's plan and excuse me that my front camera just went out i've been having some issues today we're going to get it all worked out praise the lord but satan's number one goal come on help me in the comments is to deceive you this is the plan of the enemy every spirit that we talk about its end goal is to deceive you is to trick you the devil is a master at scheming at tricking at plotting, at ploying, not only to try to deceive Jesus in the in the wilderness, but to deceive the body of Christ at large right now. This might be the most important message that I've ever preached because deception is running rampant in the church. I've been traveling for 10 years, preaching in the church. I've been in movements and been in churches where there's been counterfeit signs, counterfeit wonders, counterfeit manifestations. So we're going to give you some scriptures, lots of them tonight, to talk about these counterfeit signs, these counterfeit manifestations. Remember, the devil that deceived Adam and Eve in the garden and he uses his demons to do this today. If Adam and Eve knew that the snake was Satan, they would have not listened to him. When we identify spirits and demons, we make it easier to not be deceived by them. Many of you say, I did not realize Jezebel was deceiving me until you taught on Jezebel and now I can confront it. You can't confront something that you do not even know about. You can't confront something 
that is deceiving you you might have said i didn't realize the spirit of the antichrist was deceiving me i didn't realize the spirit of lust was deceiving me these are deceiving spirits that have been released in the earth that are shutting down the body of christ but tonight god is going to open up your eyes and break the power of satan off of you satan is the father of lies and by preaching about this and sharing about this we're going to break his lies and i'm praying that somebody i feel the holy ghost tonight would get their eyes open that somebody would break out of the power of deception whether this is deception in a relationship this is deception in a movement this is a deceptive spirit that has come over you or maybe you're under a false pastor a false prophet a deceptive preacher a deceptive teacher god wants to break you out of it tonight and i speak this over you that the veil and the cloak of deception is being broken now i know the enemy doesn't want you to hear this i know he's going to do everything in his power to try to shut it down we've been, i've been having issues for the last hour just on my computer with things not working i was barely evil able to even get on but you know what we're going to push back against the gates of hell come on somebody we're going to push back on the plans and the strategies of the enemy and we're not going to let deception win now signs and wonders have become increasingly popular i started traveling and i've seen many authentic genuine and powerful signs and wonders but i've also seen many fake and false manifestations now let me make something clear as we talk about the spirit of deception because we're going to talk about counterfeit signs and counterfeit wonders but i want to make something very clear before we go into this i know there's a lot of you new viewers tonight i know this is going to ramp up as we talk but i want to let some you know something i'm 100 percent for signs and wonders i believe in signs and wonders i believe signs and wonders are biblical i believe that they're from god and i believe that they're real so i'm not one of these guys and i do not want to preach and make you lose faith after this message i don't want to preach and then now you're afraid to pray for signs or wonders or you're afraid to lay hands on the sick or you're afraid to drive out demons. I don't ever want to draw anyone away from signs and wonders. But what I am against is the counterfeit signs and wonders that we've allowed in our churches under the banner, come on, somebody help me, under the banner of freedom, and we're giving familiar spirits, weird spirits, counterfeit spirits free reign to roam in our churches pastors are not standing guard i'm telling you guys i feel this prophetically we have fallen asleep on the wall and pastors are not standing guard against deceptive spirits that have entered into the church and so we need to be aware that there are these deceptive spirits am i for signs and wonders yes am i for uh, genuine manifestations yes but there are a lot of fake manifestations happening right now in the body of christ some of you might have a spirit that is not the Holy Spirit causing you to manifest making you think it's the Holy Spirit and tonight God is going to break the deception off of you in Jesus name now I believe in the signs and wonders let me make that very very clear but I also understand that Satan's agenda is to counterfeit everything that God does you need to know Satan is a manipulator and he is a counterfeiter and he wants to counterfeit everything God does I understand that the devil has sent deceiving spirits into the church to get us off track now what you need to understand about the spirit of deception this is a plan of the enemy and the enemy has sent them into the church and into the life of the believer to get us off a track of the tr off track of the true message of the gospel now this is important because i preach a lot on deliverance i preach a lot on the supernatural realm i preach a lot on spirits and so we need to learn which i'm gonna we're gonna do this tonight i'm gonna give you practical steps on how to test spirits isaiah how do i know if a spirit is of god how do i know if i'm in a church where the spirit of god is moving and it's genuine you need to understand and learn 
learn how to test the spirits because the devil is a counterfeiter. And if we're not careful, we're going to believe his lies. Now you might say, well, Isaiah, I pray, I read, I'm elect. I'm going to show you that even the elect can be fooled if we're not careful against falling into deception. People constantly send me videos of people manifesting. I had about three videos last week of people laughing in church, people falling out, shaking, all these things that could be godly, but also could not be godly. And they said, Isaiah, how do I know if these things are real? How do I know if these things are fake? Because remember the devil counterfeits. If you heard John Ramirez on our podcast before, he was very high level in this as a satanic priest. And he said that they would counterfeit signs and wonders, that they would counterfeit tongues. Everything that God does, you better believe, come on, help me tonight, that there is a counterfeit version for miracles there's a counterfeit for signs and wonders there's a counterfeit whether it's the gold dust or the feathers or speaking in tongues there's a counterfeit speaking in tongues and so everything god does every gift that god has given us every gift that god has released on the church there's also counterfeit so i see this a lot in revivals i've been a part of many revivals many moves of god oftentimes let me show you how deception enters into revival how counterfeit signs and wonders enter into revival it usually starts genuine but then here's what happens a genuine move of god breaks out whether let's just use laughter for example because that was very popular for a while whether it's laughter it starts out genuine genuine and then everyone starts copying one person that had it genuinely and they try to replicate something did in the past so whether that was the movement where everyone was having laughter in the church well then god start stop i'm blessing myself stops moving in laughter but then guess what happens we try to replicate what god did yesterday now let me say something very clear i hope you're taking notes can we give you from practical steps tonight when you try to replicate something god did in the past you often open yourself up to deception. When you try to make something happen, when you try to muster something up, this could be falling over. Have I fallen over? Yes. Do I believe in falling over? Yes. But I've also seen a lot of counterfeit slang in the spirit in the, my 10 years of traveling. And so we need to be careful that we don't let weird spirits come in and we don't start um, trying to do something that God did yesterday or trying to make up a manifestation. I don't know if you guys knew, there was that guy that had the oil coming out of the Bibles. Did you guys hear about that for years? And I, I believe that this is authentic sometimes. I believe there's people that have had this. But in this specific circumstance, he had an oil coming out of a certain Bible. And he would fill up liters and liters and gallons of oil. And people came from all over the world. And then somebody came in, some secular person came in got some of the oil, tested it, and found out he was buying the oil from a local, I think it was an automobile shop. He was buying gallons of oil, pouring it on the Bible, and he was faking the sign and wonder. And so yes, can God pour, have oil manifest out of a Bible? Yeah, absolutely God can, but you need to understand there are counterfeiters in the church right now. And we're not just talking about counterfeit signs and wonders. We're talking about deceiving spirits. Remember, deception is only deception if you don't know you're being deceived. That's why the lukewarm church is so dangerous because he said, you don't realize that you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. You think you have need of nothing, but you need to understand that deception has even come in and deceived you into thinking that you're on fire. So here's what we need to do. I'm going to give you two things to talk about and then we're going to give you steps stuff to write down but this is the first thing we think about when a manifestation happens remember this could be like the feathers or the laughing or or shaking or getting slain in the spirit whenever a manifestation happens any manifestation we need to first ask what is the source of this manifestation 
is that the Holy Spirit or is a, a demonic spirit? Now, this is for any manifestation. This is for a dream. This is for a vision. This is if you go into a trance, if you have a spirit come to you, if an angel come to you, you need to distinguish a manifestation, a supernatural manifestation. What source is it coming from? Is it coming from the Holy Spirit or is it coming from a demonic spirit? One thing I'll tell you about some churches I've been to, okay, and I've been to some and I'm going to share some stories about false manifestations. I want you to keep this in mind. Whenever I've been to places where there was false manifestations, and this is so important, I don't know why pastors are not talking about this, false moves of the Holy Spirit, these churches I were at, these specific ones I've been to, and many I've studied, and many I've watched, and I can name a couple that many of you believe are false, and I'm not gonna get into that, I'm not gonna call it any churches, but I'll tell you one thing, and this is very important, this is gonna make a lot of sense, is they did not do deliverance. Yes, you guessed it. Every church I've been to or movement I've been a part of where I recognized and discerned that there was false and fake manifestations, there was no deliverance happening in these churches. Now you say, well, why? how is that possible there was no deliverance? Because remember, Jesus said that Satan cannot cast out Satan. And so when people are moving in false manifestations, false moves of the Holy Spirit, false speaking in tongues, false slaying in the Spirit, false laughing, which I believe all these can be genuine and are genuine at times, but when people start moving in false, there's no deliverances happening because no one will ever cast out Satan if there's a demonic spirit. So when you see demons being cast out in a move of God, believe it that usually it's genuine because what did Jesus say? The devil can't cast out the devil. So say somebody, say there's a church or a movement under deception and there's fake manifestations happening, which we, you can go on YouTube and find tons of these in tons of churches. They're not going to be casting out demons because demons that are deceiving them. Now, I want you to know this. Many of them are genuinely being deceived. They don't know they're being deceived. They're genuinely being deceived, meaning they think that they're right and they're doing this for God. Although there's a weird spirit. I'm going to tell you how Paul warns us and Jesus warns us about this that has come in and brought deception on them. But what you're going to find is they don't drive out demons because remember, demonic spirits are not going to cast each other out. And so deliverance is a great indicator that God is genuinely moving in a place because Satan can't cast out Satan. So if deliverance is happening and demons are being cast out, this is a very easy telltale sign that God is moving. Remember what Jesus said, when a demon comes out, you know that it's the kingdom of God being established. It's by the finger of God. It's by the spirit of God. And when Satan's kingdom gets removed, God's kingdom gets established. So people that have allowed weird spirits or false spirits into their church, do not drive out demons. What happens is, you know, they don't realize they're deceived and all of a sudden, I've seen this happen before, the church starts getting into deliverance and then guess what happens? All these false, fake spirits start manifesting and the pastor says, I didn't even realize all these manifestations were fake until deliverance broke out in my church. One of the best things that can happen in a church that's being deceived or has a deceptive spirit is for deliverance to break out because the pastor will start realizing all the spirits that were in the church he did not even know about. Let me give you a story here. I was at a very prominent church. I had just gotten saved a couple years after I got saved. Very famous church. I won't mention the name because most of you would know the church. Very, very famous, very popular. I was about to preach at this conference and there was a lady or a younger teenage girl, I would say, maybe, I don't know, maybe 16 to 18. I don't know her age, but she was in that range. And she was slithering like a snake on the ground during worship. Now, among her slithering on the floor, there was many other manifestations of laughter and shaking and different things you see a lot in charismatic churches that were happening in the church. 
I'm looking at this girl slither on the floor and the pastor turns to me and says, these are some of the manifestations, think about this, that the Holy Spirit has been doing in our church. People have been having these animal manifestations of the Holy Spirit and this is what's been going on and people are shaking and they're slithering and they're crawling and they're barking like dogs and doing all this stuff. Now, there's been famous revivals in America where the preacher will get up and bark like a dog and because the church is so blind and people don't have discernment of spirits, we just think it's a move of God because people are getting healed. And I'm going to show you that just because someone's getting healed or manifestations are happening doesn't mean it's God. And I looked at him. I said, Pastor, with all due respect, the only snake in the Bible was in Genesis. Remember, the devil is a snake in Genesis and he's a dragon in Revelation, which means from Genesis to Revelation, somebody's been feeding the devil because he goes from being a snake to now he's a dragon in Revelation. And I said, Pastor, the only snake in Scripture is the devil. I believe that this is a demonic manifestation. Now, you probably could guess how he reacted, how he looked. Not happy because people that are under a deceiving spirit do not like being confronted. This is one of the key characteristics of the spirit of deception, which is a demonic spirit, is they don't like being confronted. Okay. So the night is over. There was a very popular, famous worship leader there. And they had come up to me after and they said that she wants to ask you a question. So we went and started talking to her. She said, okay, my niece is here. She's dealing with bulimia, anorexia, uh, depression, cutting, suicidal thoughts, everything you can think of. And she said, my niece came to the event. Would you go pray for her in the back? They've already started to pray for her. She's in the back room. There's a bunch of girls praying for her. Would you and the pastor same pastor that was with me earlier, would you guys go back and would you pray for her? So me and my uncle, my Nino, and then the pastor of the church, one of the pastors of this large, very famous church, we all went to the back room. Guess who was in the back room, slithering around, manifesting a demon? You guessed it. The girl that was at the altar that everyone said, oh, that's the Holy Ghost moving on her was in the back room manifesting Jezebel, Python, divination, everything. And the demon speaks out of her. And I'm, I got to be careful because I almost gave away. I was across the United States. Let's just say that. And the demon spoke out of her and said, I know who you are. Why did you come all the way here? What are you doing here? And starts reading my mail, telling me who I am, the demon, the moment I walked in. And I looked at the pastor. He's white as a ghost. And he said, and I said, this is exactly what I'm talking about. There are fake manifestations that are happening in the church and people are calling them the Holy Ghost. Now, one of the scariest things you can do is to call a demonic manifestation a move of God. Think about how God feels. Think about how the Holy Spirit feels when we call a demonic manifestation godly. Now, how do I know if it's God or not? We're going to tell you in this video. We're going to tell you and give you five practical steps to testing the spirits. I've never heard anybody practically talk about testing spirits, although the Bible says to do it. So how do we test a spirit? We're going to get into it. Don't worry. But we ended up casting the demon out of her. This is why we need discernment. This is why in our personal lives, in our churches, we need the discerning of spirits gift so that we can discern what is of the kingdom of darkness and what is of the kingdom of God. Now, Paul addressed Corinth because they received a different gospel, a different Jesus, and a different spirit. I preached on that a few weeks ago. Paul addressed Corinth because remember, they were being deceived. Now, this is thousands of years ago. How much more? Think about this. Are we being deceived now? Now, many of you say, Isaiah, there might be a couple small pockets, small churches being deceived. I'm here to tell you that there are mega churches and masses of people right now, according to your Bible, I'm going to show you this, that are being deceived by the spirit of deception. Now, 2 Corinthians 11, 12 
This is what Paul says. He goes, but I'll continue to do what I've always done. This will undercut those who are looking for an opportunity to boast that their work is just like ours. So there was people coming in the church trying to say that they were doing what Paul was doing, but they were bringing deception in. And this is what Paul says about the people. Because then you say, Isaiah, you're being harsh tonight. This is what Paul says about the people. He says this in 2 Corinthians 11, 12. These people are false apostles, false apostles. And then he says this, they're deceitful workers pay attention here, who disguise themselves as apostles of Christ. And then Paul says, but I'm not surprised. Even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no wonder that Satan's servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. In the end, they will get the punishment their wicked deeds deserve. So here's what Paul's saying. There's false apostles that are disguising themselves as genuine apostles. Because how many know everyone's an apostle these days? Apostle this, apostle that. I know about 30 apostles that have done nothing for the kingdom of God. They're just all apostles. Paul says there's false apostles that are rising up, that are preaching a different Jesus, a different gospel, and a different spirit. They've disguised themselves as angels of light. Remember, deception does not come with horns. It's not going to knock on your door. I'm deception coming in to preach at your church. Deception wears a three-piece suit. Deception sounds like a pastor and a preacher, and its job is to use that vessel to advance its agenda and advance its kingdom in the earth. So remember, Paul was saying that how do people get deceived? He says they're deceitful workers that disguise themselves as apostles of Christ. Now, let me say something very clear. This is very important, okay? You're not going to hear this anywhere else. Many of them are genuine. Many of them don't realize they're being deceived. Many of them don't realize the devil's using them, just like when Satan spoke out of Peter. Say, Peter didn't know Satan was speaking out of him. Jesus said, Satan, get behind me. And so these guys, a lot of them are genuine, but they're being deceived. And this is why we need to test the spirits so that people said bring the pain so that we don't bring upon deception on our life on our families and we don't come under witchcraft and the church or a weird demonic spirit so he says satan disguises himself as an angel of light and paul says those those are those who disguise themselves as false apostles of christ so they're acting like they're apostles of christ so when you got their business card their business card did not say i work for satan it did not say i'm a satanist it said i'm an apostle of jesus christ and this is how they deceive people because they come claiming but they're in disguise the devil's using them so yes there are apostles today you can go on youtube and look up a lot of preachers and there's going to be many of them who have disguised themselves and yes they preach in our churches and yes and this is what we're going to really dive into they do counterfeit signs and wonders are they deceived yes do they know it i'll say this some know it others don't know it one thing that does happen is they get into it for the right reasons but they go down a trail of deception you have guys that preach a strong gospel a a true biblical message and then after a year or two they start preaching oh i don't really know if hell's real I don't really know if repentance is real. I don't really know anymore about the gifts of the spirit. And they start getting off into false doctrine. Then they write books about how hell's not real and about repentance is not biblical and the fear of God doesn't exist. But they started good. Understand that oftentimes they start good until deception comes. And so it's possible that we have started out the running the race properly but then we've allowed deception to come in we've been deceived and the enemy has come in like a flood and brought all out deception in the church so you need to understand there we go 
that oftentimes deception comes and we don't realize it because remember, they don't even know that they're being deceived. So it's possible right now that you're under deception and you don't even know it. See how I just turned my camera on and did that and you guys didn't even notice I was gone right there. But you got to understand that deception comes, these deceptive spirits comes and we oftentimes do not realize it. So some people know they are, others don't, but we need to ask ourselves, is this manifestation a demonic spirit or is it the Holy Spirit? If this is blessing you guys. Type one in the chat. Let me know that you're enjoying this. Okay. The second question we need to ask, and then we're going to go into the five steps to actually testing a spirit so that you can actually see tonight, or am, am I under deception? You're going to be able to walk out of this and know whether you're being deceived by a pastor or preacher or somebody or not. Okay. Here we go. Let's get into this. Does the manifestation, number two, does them, these are only two things we got to think about of any manifestation. These are the two things we have to think about. Does the manifestation contradict the word of God? Whether this is laughter, a prophetic word, and these are just examples, a sign or a wonder, or in Acts 19, an unusual miracle, does the manifestation contradict the holy written word of God? If it does, then you know that you're walking on dangerous territory. Now, I don't care, like I said, whether it's shaking, laughter, word of knowledge, tongues, or interpretation. Remember, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. The Holy Spirit authored all scripture. Write this down, and the Holy Spirit never contradicts himself. Manifestations, write this down, must, they must run concurrent with scripture. They must concur. They cannot contradict. If there's a word of knowledge or a prophetic word for God says to go do this and it contradicts the word of God, it's a deceptive spirit, it's a demonic manifestation, and it is not God. Now, it's not that they have to be in scripture. This is very important. The manifestation does not have to be in scripture, but it cannot contradict what the scripture says. Now, some people, even when it comes to deliverance, says, well, that spirit's not in the Bible. John says that there's tons of stuff not in the Bible. So not everything that happens in deliverance or miracles has to be in the Bible. How many of you know this is not in the Bible? Your cell phone is not in the Bible. So to say, well, we're not allowed to use cell phones to preach the gospel because it's not biblical. Or how about this? There's no pastors in the Bible with local congregations. There's no three fast songs, two slow songs, tithe, 30-minute message, five-minute altar call in the Bible. But we base the foundations of our faith on this order of service. So just know that just because the manifestation is not in the Bible, it doesn't mean that it's not according to Scripture. So the manifestation, whatever it is, has to line up with Scripture. If it contradicts God's Word, you know that there's a demon spirit behind the person or behind the message. If anyone comes with a new revelation or a new manifestation or a new gospel, it's a demon. There's no new gospel. There's no new doctrines. There's no new teaching. Is there revelation? Yes. Does God reveal to the church? Absolutely. But understand that there's nothing new. Like, oh, now I found a new way to get to heaven or a new way to fast that's even better than life. No, this is all nothing new under the sun, but we have to remain in scripture. So those are the two things you need to ask. Number one, what spirit was the manifestation? Number two, does it contradict scripture? If Now, here's, let me give you a telltale sign of somebody that is under deception or, or has a deceiving spirit. If someone does not want you to examine or test the manifestation, this could be a sign that the spirit of deception is at work. First Thessalonians 5, 19, 21, Paul says, do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies. And this, listen to Paul. He says, but test everything that is said, hold on to what is good and stay away from evil. So Paul says, this is a command from Paul. 
when you get a prophetic word, Paul says, test it. See if the prophetic word is good. See if the prophetic word is biblical. You need to test the prophecy. If there is a prophet that doesn't want you to test it, if there's a pastor that doesn't want you to test the spirits, if they're just saying, oh, just believe the word, or they're saying, oh, just believe that this is God, and you say, well, I just don't feel right about this manifestation. Oh, just believe it's God. And they don't want you to test it. Know that this is a false counterfeit signs and wonders oftentimes because remember, they don't want you to test the spirit of God. They don't, I'm sorry, they don't want you to test the demonic spirit because demons are afraid, remember, of being confronted and they're afraid of being tested. Now, Jesus warns us of false manifestations and false teachers in Matthew 24, 4. This is from the words of Jesus. Jesus warns and he says, take heed let, let, and let no one deceive you. And then in verse five of Matthew 24, he says, this is what's gonna happen in the future. This is Jesus. Many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ or the Messiah, and they will deceive many. And then in verse 11, he says, then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And then in verse 24, he says, for false Christ or Messiahs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. So here's what Jesus says. He says, don't take this lightly. This is not one of those messages where it's like, oh, just another nice message about, you know, a spirit. He goes, no, 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 you need to take heed because in those last days that are coming, many prophets will rise. So this is not just the guy on YouTube that has 100 subscribers and three views on his video that's deceiving people and preaching a false gospel. He says, no, 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 no. Many are going to rise up. Now, this is a serious matter, Jesus says. This is in the last days. The single greatest danger is not sickness, is not COVID, is not earthquakes, but the single greatest danger in the last days is widespread deception. And anyone who thinks that they're not vulnerable, including Isaiah Saldivar, is already being deceived. Anyone that thinks they're not vulnerable to this are already under the power of deception. We cannot trust our own heart. We cannot trust our own intellect. People say, well, I'll just follow my heart on that. I'll just follow my heart on this. Don't follow your heart. Jeremiah 17, 9 says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So don't just say, oh, my pastor's fine. The manifestation's fine. The laughing or the falling or whatever manifestation it is that could be false or could be real. Don't just follow your heart when it comes to manifestations because the spirit of deception will lead you off the track. Your heart is deceitful. Remember what Proverbs 28, 26 says. It says, he who trusts his heart is a fool. So he goes, if you're trusting just your heart or your emotions, you're a fool. And you know this because how many times, come on, let's get real guys. How many times has your heart or your feelings led you down the wrong path? Do not let your heart or your emotions lead you. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. Now the word deceitful in Hebrew is an Hebrew is an active word, not a passive word. So it's not saying that your heart is deceived. Rather, it's saying that your heart is a deceiver. So your heart actually wants to deceive you. It's a deceiver. It's not deceived. It's a deceiver that will lead you astray. It's the natural tendency of the flesh, of the heart, of the mind, the will, and the emotions in their carnal state to lead you off the path that God has for you. So don't follow them. Don't trust it. Trust in Jesus and use the Holy Spirit to test the spirits that are trying to sway you. Right now, there are deceptive spirits. If you're a preacher, if you're a pastor, there are deceptive spirits that are trying to sway you. Now, 
Isaiah Saldivar is not exempt. I'm not up here going, oh, I'll never be deceived, and I'm, you know, I'm the elect and this. No, Jesus says many will be deceived, and they're going to try to deceive even the elect. And so I'm not out of this going like, oh, well, I'm, I'm exempt from this. No, every day I have to keep my heart humble. Every day I have to cry out to God and say, Lord, keep me teachable. Keep me humble. Don't let me think I have a fire when I don't have a fire. Don't let me fall under the power of deception. Don't let me preach something and not live something because that's deception. And so we need to be careful. I'm not exempt. You're not exempt. And as a teacher and preacher, God has given me this massive platform to preach to thousands of people. Every day I have to check myself and say, Lord, do not let me. And I have to keep my eyes open and aware of where the enemy's strategies, where the enemy's schemes, and where the enemy's plans are. Now, notice in Matthew 24, Jesus says, many will come in my name saying, I'm the Christ. The Christ meaning I'm the anointed one. So let me translate this. People are going to come and claim that they have the anointing. And because they claim they have the anointing, they will deceive many. Because they claim that they have some spiritual power, they will they will deceive many. So it's not just a little pocket of people. This is the masses that we're talking about. 2,300 of you listening. He says, many are going to be deceived by these false prophets. So it's a massive issue. Then he says in verse 11, many will rise up and deceive many. So he keeps using this word, many, 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 which means the most large majority. He says they'll do this. Then in 20, verse 24, he says, they're going to show great signs and wonders remember signs and wonders do not validate someone is from god write that down satan can also do signs and wonders what validates someone is do they follow the gospel of jesus do they have godly fruit in their life do they teach the whole gospel do they drive out demons heal the sick and preach the gospel of the kingdom people think signs and wonders automatically validate you as godly and that is not the case true signs attest to the church and lying signs attest to the lies. I'm sorry, tr true signs attest to the truth and lying signs attest to lies. So Satan is completely capable of performing signs and wonders. So many of you think, well, there's signs and wonders happening in my church. It can't be satanic or ungodly, but understand Satan can also perform signs and wonders. Remember in 2 Thessalonians 2.9, it says the coming of the lawless one, who's the antichrist, is according to the working of Satan, this is what it says about him has all with all power signs and lying wonders and with all unrighteousness deception among those who perish because they did not and here's why they're deceived okay let's stay here they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved now pay attention and for this reason god will send them a strong delusion that they will believe the lie and that they will be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness so this says there's going to be lying signs and wonders. Notice he says lying sign and wonders. These are false. These are counterfeit. These are fake signs and wonders. These people were deceived and here's why they're deceived. And this is very important as we really dive into this. They did not receive the love of the truth. Now there is something called that we we don't talk about often in the church, the love of the truth. This is actually something God gives people and you should be praying this tonight. Lord, give me the love of the truth. Now the love of the truth says, regardless of my lifestyle, I love truth more than I love my sin. So the truth is, it's wrong to do this. Even though I love doing that, I love the truth more than I love my lifestyle. Come on, type one if this is helping you. I love the truth more than I love this counterfeit thing. And so the love of the truth makes me deception proof that's what makes me deception proof so every day i'm getting my word saying lord 
Teach me your word. I love it. Does it hurt? Yes. Is it a sword? Yes. But I love the truth and I need your truth in my life to keep me deception proof. Now, because they don't love the truth, here's what the Bible says. For this reason, God will send them a strong delusion. Now, does it say that the devil is going to send them a strong delusion? 2 Thessalonians 2, 9. No, it says God will send a strong delusion. Some of these churches, pastors, preachers, Christians, some of you watching right now are being deceived and the devil did not bring the delusion. God actually brought the delusion. This is New Testament because you did not love the truth. Remember, God is complete control. Even those, those that are deceived, God has sent it and God has allowed deception. So God says, okay, spirit of deception, spirit of the antichrist, spirit of lawlessness, you want a free reign? Okay. And then you don't love the truth. God says you've lost your protection, your love for the truth. The word of God is your protection against these demons. So God says, I'm going to send you a strong delusion. I'm going to turn you over to these spirits because you don't love the truth. You don't love what I, what I have to say, what I'm, what I'm doing. Because remember when Moses did signs and wonders before Pharaoh, Pharaoh brought out his magicians and sorcerers, and they also did signs and wonders. So the devil's capable of doing signs and wonders. Exodus 7, 8. The Bible says the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, when Pharaoh says to you, perform a miracle, then say to Aaron, take your staff and throw it before Pharaoh and your staff will become a snake. And the Bible says, so Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did just as the Lord commanded. Aaron threw his staff down in front of Pharaoh and his officials and it became a snake. And then Pharaoh summoned wise men and sorcerers and the Egyptian magicians. And they also did the same using secret arts. Now we've already talked about this, this is witchcraft. This is curious arts that the devil uses to do signs and wonders. And then this is what it says. Pharaoh's magicians each threw down their staff and all their staffs became a snake. So wait a minute, you're telling me that God did signs and wonders and then Pharaoh did signs and wonders? Yes, he had demonic power to do signs and wonders, counterfeit. And this is what your Bible says. I love this. And right here, I would just run around my office. But Aaron's staff swallowed up all the other staffs. So they're all throwing their staffs on the ground and Aaron's staff starts eating the magician's staffs. Aaron's staff swallowed theirs. I'm telling you right now, true signs and wonders, write this down, will oftentimes triumph and prevail over fake ones. I was at a church one time about to preach and they came to my brother. They said, at our church, when the man of God gets up, this was years ago, um, it was about 600 member church. They said, we laugh while you preach. So they said that when I started preaching, they're all going to start breaking out in holy laughter. And this is what happens in their church. And just be ready for when I'm preaching, they're all going to start laughing. But don't worry because it's holy laughter and it's of God. My brother said, no, you're not. You're not going to start laughing. They said, yes, we are. He said, no, you're not. And he said, when the true anointing breaks out, it's going to stop all the fake manifestations. So guess what happened? I got up to preach. Remember, I'm not saying laughter is demonic. In this case, I believe that there was a false spirit and fake manifestation spirit that was in this church causing a lot of fake manifestations. When I got up to preach, guess what happened? Not one person laughed. Not one person had a crazy manifestation interrupted the service. Everybody sat there and listened and received the anointing. Why? Because our staff, the true signs and wonders, come on, somebody help me, are going to swallow up every false spirit, every deception, every power of the enemy. And I speak over you that tonight, God is getting ready to destroy every false spirit and deception by his power like he did in the days of Moses. Now, let me give you one more thing. And then I'm going to give you 
the five easy steps to be able to test a spirit. Okay, I got to say this because remember, I believe in signs and wonders. I speak in tongues. I believe in slaying in the spirit. I believe in miracles and all that. But I also believe there's a lot of counterfeit happening in the church and a lot of people being deceived. So let me say this. Just because something is unusual or unconventional or weird doesn't mean it isn't God. Okay, let me say that again. Just because something's weird or unusual doesn't mean it's not God. So don't write off signs and wonders because they're weird. And you say, why would God do something weird like that? Because God did do weird things in the Bible. Acts 19, remember, God gave Paul power to do unusual miracles. Isaiah, the prophet, had to walk barefoot and naked for three years. And that's Isaiah 20, verse 1. For three years, God said, you're going to walk naked and you're going to preach naked and you're going to be barefoot. Okay, is that weird? Yes. Was it God? Yes. Ezekiel was required to lay on his side for 390 days and then on his left side and then turn to his right side for 40 days. And then he had to prepare his food on a fire of cow poop. Okay, that's in Ezekiel 4.4. Is that weird? Yes. Jesus himself healed people in unconventional and quote unquote weird ways. Mark 7:32 I bet you never heard this one Jesus healed a deaf and mute person by putting his fingers in the man's ears and then here's what the Bible says Jesus spit on his hand and touched the man's tongue Think about this Jesus spits in his hand and then puts his hand on the man's tongue and the man was healed Is it weird? Yes. So just because it's weird doesn't mean it's not God. John 9 Jesus made clay with his spit and healed a blind man. In the book of Acts, we see a lot of unusual and a lot of unconventional miracles. So I need to say that because some of you now, you're going to say, well, nothing's God's all demonic because it's weird. There could be weird stuff that God does. I don't want you to think that if something's weird or unusual, it can't be from God, but rather we need to test these things. Remember that signs and wonders in the Bible were designed to follow and affirm the preaching of the word of God. Many times the Bible says that God's word was validated by signs and wonders and miracles. So Isaiah... Do we need less signs and wonders? No, that's not what I'm preaching. We need more signs and wonders, but we also need believers that are able to test and discern the spirits. Mark 16, 17, these signs will follow those that believe. In my name, they're going to cast out demons. Come on, somebody. We already talked enough about that in this channel. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. They will drink anything deadly and it will no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. So people say, should every Christian cast out demons? I don't know about all Christians, but I know all believers should. There's a lot of unbelieving Christians. How many know you can be a Christian and not a believer? There's plenty of Christians right now that are unbelieving Christians. So if you're a believer, you'll cast out demons. If you're a believer, you'll heal the sick. Now, if you're just an average American sideline benched water boy Christian, then you're probably not going to do any of these things. But if you are a genuine believer... This is what God's called you to do. So if you believe, yes, you should lay hands on the sick. Yes, you should drive out demons. But we also need to make sure that we're testing the spirits. First John 4. This is what the Bible says. Write this down. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see their, whether they're from God or not. For many false prophets have gone into the world. So this is in 1 John thousands of years ago. And he says, test the spirits to see if they're from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. Now that has been amplified by more and more and more. So what do we do according to John? We test them. Now everyone says this. Everyone says, test the spirit. But how many of you know, we never actually talk about how do you test the spirit? How do you actually test the spirit? We want to be practical. Everything I preach and teach, I try to make practical because if we can't apply it to our lives, there's no use in teaching and preaching. So here's what I'm going to do tonight. 
This is all free, okay? I'm not charging you to be on a Zoom call. I'm not charging you to be on a webinar. And that's great if people do that. Praise God. I don't want to talk bad about that. But I'm giving this free. I'm going to give you five ways to test the spirits in the church and in our lives. And what I'm going to do is after this live stream, I'm going to put all these different things I give you in the YouTube description so you can go copy and paste them later. I'll make sure if I forget, make sure you comment saying write them in the description. But I'm going to give you five ways to test the spirits. Now, what do we mean test the spirits? Manifestations moves of God. So these are spirits in our personal lives or these are spirits in our churches. I'm going to give you five ways to test them. Number one, this is very important. You're not going to get these anywhere else. Okay. Number one is, does this lead to repentance? Write that down. Does it lead to repentance? The number one test. This is the first test for any manifestation, any teacher or any preacher. If you're listening to a famous preacher right now, okay, I guess I would be considered famous now, whatever, praise the Lord, okay? If you're listening to anyone, including me, now, now here's, let me just say this, okay, we're gonna get, we're gonna get into this. These tests, I am not exempt. I'm asking you, you need to apply these tests to me, and I've applied them already to me, so you're not gonna, I'm not gonna fail them because I'm already applying them before I give it to you. Before I give you any teaching, I apply these tests to my teaching, to my preaching, okay? So you need to understand that nobody's exempt from this. You need to put these tests to your pastor, to your leaders, to the spirits. And remember, if they don't want you to test them, it's probably because they're false. The Bible commands us to test things. And so you have the right to test the prophetic word according to Paul and according to John, test the spirits. So this is the first test is does it lead to repentance? Remember in the New Testament, Jesus required repentance even more than he required faith. Matthew 3, John the Baptist prepared the way for Jesus by calling the people to repent. Anyone he baptized, he required them first to bear the fruit of repentance. John said, prove by the way that you live that you've repented of your sins. And Mark 1:15, when Jesus came, the first recorded message he preached and the first word he publicly preached was repent. Mark 1:15. I'm giving you lots of verses. So repentance was the first thing he preached. Luke 13, he instructed the crowds, unless you repent, you will likewise perish. So you're going to see this all throughout the scripture was repentance. Does the manifestation or the sign or the wonder lead you to repentance? This is a word you're not often going to hear in the church today. This was the foundation of the Christian faith in the New Testament. How has repentance become a cuss word in the church? Repentance is literally a cuss word in the American church. But I believe the Lord is saying to us, it's time to get back to repentance. It's time for somebody to get back to preaching repent. This has been my life message is the message of repentance. Now, Jesus, now I'm going to do a video on this. One of the first 14 videos of January, I'm going to do a video on the sinner's prayer because it's time that we expose this. It's not biblical. And I'm going to talk to you all about it, give you all the verses and talk to you about what does it mean when people say invite Jesus in your heart. We're going to talk about that. I'm going to upset some religious people, but I want to say this very clear. And remember, I'm backed up by the word of God on this. Jesus did not say in scripture, invite me into your heart so that I can join your compromised lifestyle and enhance your life on earth. Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. It's right in front of you. And unless you repent, you're going to miss it. Some of you are missing the move of God. You're missing the spirit. You're missing revival because you have not repented. And we need repentance back in the church. It's time to make repentance great again. After his resurrection, Jesus told the disciples to preach to the nations. He said, teach repentance precedes the forgiveness of sins. 
So you get forgiven, you repent, you change. The first message preached in the book of Acts, what did Peter say? Repent. Now here's what the people said. Now this is what is amazing about the sinner's prayer. I'm not gonna get into it because that's not what tonight is about and I've already 45 minutes in and I got a lot more to give you. So go ahead and order your DoorDash, your Domino's, whatever you're gonna do. Why are we inventing ways for people to get saved or do evangelism when the Bible already shows us the way to do it? Peter preached in the book of Acts. They just got received the Holy Spirit. Peter preached to the people. Peter had just received in the upper room the Holy Spirit. And the people asked something very, very simple, okay? What must we do to get saved? Now, right there, if Peter was in America in 2020, Peter would have said, all right, everybody, come to the front, close your eyes, raise your hand, and invite Jesus into your heart, pray their sinner's prayer. Why did Peter not say that? Because it's not the pattern of scripture. What did Peter say? Well, now I don't understand why we're inventing new spirits and new ways to get people saved when Peter literally tells us what to do. They go, Peter, what do we do? Our hearts have been struck by God's word. We feel convicted of our sin. They're weeping. Peter says, repent and be baptized. That's what Peter says. You don't believe me? Go to Acts 2.38. Peter replies, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of jesus christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the holy spirit did peter lead them through a prayer no did peter say fill out a card no did peter say repeat after me with your eyes closed no peter says repent and that's all i'm gonna and be baptized and then peter just walks away now he doesn't walk away but he says you got to do this. Now, many of you say, Isaiah, why don't you ever lead people in the sinner's prayer? And why don't you ever do this? And why don't you ever lead here and lead them here? And I'm telling you because Peter didn't do it, because Jesus didn't do it, and because it's not in scripture. And so if it's not in scripture, I'm not going to do it because now I'm telling someone they're not saved. Now I could do an hour long stream on the sinner's prayer because that's that unbiblical. But I'm telling you, we're giving people false salvation. Repentance has to be key. Paul's ministry also reflected this in Acts 17.30. Okay, I've already given you over 20 verses tonight. And speaking to Athens, he said, God now commands all men everywhere to repent. So Paul says, now, Acts 17.30, God commands all men everywhere to repent. Now, what constitutes true repentance? How do we know if we've truly repented? It's not an emotion. It's a decision based on your free will. A decision to turn away from sin and unrighteousness and submit yourself to the lordship of jesus christ that's what repentance is so now i'm living a life of indulging in sin i'm going to turn away from that and i'm going to turn towards christ and turn towards god repentance is also one of the six foundational doctrines listed in hebrews 6 1 for all of you theologians in the chat i've seen thousands of problems be solved by simply repenting many of your issues are a result of an unrepented life when you're living an unrepented life you're going to have a mess of issues we live oftentimes in the same patterns and the structures of this world, but when we repent, we take on the mind of God. Now, here's what I need to say. Write this down. God is not going to repent for you. You must acknowledge and do this. I repent, I, I hope every day, almost. Anytime I think about it, I repent. Change the way I think, Lord. Change the way I think, Lord. I'm thinking about this wrong. I'm trying to do this wrong. I'm, my motives are wrong here. I repent. I repent. Change the way I think. I'm wrong in my thinking. I need you to change my thinking. I need you to change my mindset. My life message has been a message of repent. Praise God for signs and wonders and laughing and gold dust and all the signs we claim in the church, but does it lead to repentance? If the gold dust doesn't lead me to repentance, you can keep the gold dust. Come on, am I preaching to anybody? 
If the feathers that are coming in the church don't lead me to repentance, you can have the feathers. If you still keep living like the world, but you laugh at the altar, I don't want the laughter. I want repentance. I don't understand. Now, this church I was at where I was telling you there was a lot of laughter and these fake things that were happening. The whole altar call was people asking for prayer because they were addicted to pornography and alcohol and all these things. And I've come to find that oftentimes in the most super spiritual manifestation churches are the least amount of holiness is the most freedom you know do whatever you want and these are these false movements that preach a do whatever you want gospel and they're anti-christ and they go on living like the world but i don't want it listen if you're gonna fall over and laugh and feathers and gold dust praise the lord but don't go on drinking and sleeping around after you get up off the ground i want to fall out praise god i love it I love it. Knock me out, Lord. But I want to get up a different person. I'm tired of seeing people fall over depressed and get up depressed. Fall over addicted to drugs and get up addicted to drugs. We need a Holy Ghost revival repentance movement. Repentance is a, mu- is a must. Listen, praise God for deliverance. But what does it matter to have a demon cast out of you, but you still don't repent of your sin? What does it matter to have every demon and their grandmother cast out of you, but you don't walk holy? You don't live right. We need repentance. Test number one is does the manifestation lead to repentance? We need to make repentance great again. We need repentance back in the church. Stop telling people, oh, you just need to change this or that. Tell them no. You need to fully repent. You're wrong and God is right. People don't repent because they want to be open-minded. I'm just trying to be open-minded, Isaiah. There surely there's more than one way to heaven. No, there isn't. There is only one way. Am I stuttering? There's only one way to heaven and that's through Jesus. He's the door. He's the only way. So repent tonight receive the Holy Spirit, receive the gift because you got to repent before you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. According to Peter, stop trying to invent new ways. Jesus does not want to build a fort in your heart. He doesn't want to build a house in your heart. Jesus said, repent of your sins. God now commands everyone to repent. Stop leading people in the sinner's prayer. It's not scriptural. Okay. Rant over. Number one is repentance. Praise the Lord. Number two, number one, did you guys write that down? Okay. Just spam it all in the chat. Number two is does the sign or the wonder lead to a love for scripture? Oh man, Isaiah, you're preaching good. Don't stop now. Don't end it now. This is good preaching. Does it lead to a love for scripture? Jesus calls the Bible the word of God and says in John 10 35, it cannot be broken. These signs and wonders that we're performing or doing, whether it's deliverance, whether it's speaking in tongues, whether it's word of knowledge, whether it's singing the spirit, whether it's gold dust or gold teeth or whatever the manifestations you have are, they must lead to a love for God's word. We have too many people that love the words of their favorite prophet or preacher, but they do not love the word of God. There's a problem when you know what Isaiah Saldivar is saying more than what God's word says. Now, I love it, guys, but I am rebuking a lot of you tonight because a lot of you can quote my messages but you can't quote a scripture. A lot of you love Isaiah Saldivar, but you don't love the Holy Spirit. And I don't want to create people that are followers of Isaiah, but not followers of Christ. So I'm telling you guys, we need to have a love for scripture. Why do I give you like 20 to 50 verses every time I get on here live? Because I want to produce a love relationship with the word of God and with scripture. And when you're only getting on at six o'clock to hear Isaiah Saldivar, but you're not getting on at 2 p.m. to hear what God's word has to say and open up your Bible, 
I hate to say this, okay, I'm going to hit all 2,400 of you. You are living already under a deceptive spirit. Here's the great thing. Tonight, we're going to break it and get delivered and get free from the spirit of deception. Some of you can quote my messages better than me, but I want to point this out. Do you know the word of God? I preach scripture to make you hungry for the word of God. Isaiah 66, 2 says, this is the one I esteem. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. I want to be the person that God esteems. I want to be humble. I want to be contrite in spirit. I want to tremble at the word of God. I don't want to live my life not trembling. I don't want to live my life just void of the Holy Spirit moving because I'm not willing to open up the word. I know everything about this preacher and that preacher, but I don't know the word of God. I want to be someone that God esteems. And if I want to be someone that God esteems, I need to tremble at the word of God. I remember when I first got saved, I couldn't even open up the Bible for about one to two weeks because I would literally open up the Bible start shaking and crying and say, do you guys not realize that this Bible is alive? It is active. I was so afraid because the word of God was real. I trembled. Guys, I used to tremble when I opened up the Bible. I would literally violently shake and cry because it was so real because I'd gone from not believing in God to now the word of God became alive and became real. I pray tonight that the word of God would be so real in your life. It'd be so real in your marriage. It'd be so real in your relationship relationships that you would tremble at the word of God. Friends, your entire life will change if you fall in love with God's word. John 14, 23, Jesus said, all who love me do what I say. My father then will love them and he'll come and make our home with each of them. So in order for God to make his home with you, you need to love and do what he says. How do I know what Jesus says? By reading his word. His word is the way of God and the way that the son and God make their home with us. John 12, 48 says, we're going to be judged by God's word. So this is the judgment. When you stand before God on judgment, he judges you by his word. So you better start knowing and understanding the word of God and falling in love with it. This is very, very important. The two ways God has worked on the earth from the beginning of time till now was by his word and by his spirit. The spirit of God and the word of God, remember we're talking about spirits tonight, work together in harmony. They do not violate each other and they do not contradict each other. A spirit of deception will cause you to violate or go against God's word. But remember, God never contradicts his word. Therefore, every spiritual manifestation must be tested according to God's word. And anything that doesn't correspond to scripture must be rejected. That means prophecy. Yes, I said it. That means that prophetic word you got by that pastor that was trying to manipulate you. That says, I see the Lord telling you to do this and that. And it was to bring him gain. That's false because it doesn't align with scripture. It's deceptive. I've been around some of these deceptive movements. No one knows or reads the Bible. Okay, I've been around them. They don't read the Bible. They don't love the Bible. They don't talk about scripture. It's all emotions. It's all, I felt this and I felt that. And I saw this vision and God gave me a vision and an angel came to me. I've met people that every three minutes an angel comes and whispers in their ear. And then you ask them what their favorite verse is and they don't know one Bible verse. They don't read scripture. It's all emotional. It's all encounter. It's all angels. Now, I could say this now because some of you have been following me for months. Do I preach on encounter? Yes. Go on my YouTube channel. Everything is spiritual. Familiar spirits, demons, angels, words of knowledge. I am a spiritual believer. I believe in the spiritual gifts. I Trust me, I pray in tongues more than all of y'all, but you need to understand 
I know the Bible, okay? I don't want to have to say it, but I do have a college degree in theology. I know the scripture. I've read the Bible in less than a month before. I've read the New Testament twice in one sit down. I'm not bragging. I'm letting you know I know scripture. I'm not just this you who guy. Now, some of you are new. So you're like, man, Isaiah doesn't know the Bible. All he does is preach on signs and wonders. I know the Bible. Trust me. And this is what I found with a lot of these movements is they don't know the scripture. And then here's what happens. They share a million testimonies, a million manifestations. They don't give any scriptures. And the moment you read them a scripture, they call you legalistic and they call you harsh. These are false signs and wonders. We need to create a community that know that knows the Bible and preaches the word of God. So I want you guys to know scripture. I don't want you guys to be a bunch of people that don't know the word of God. All you know about is how to cast out demons and how Leviathan works and how Jezebel works and how angels work, but you don't know repentance. You don't know holiness. You don't know what the Antichrist, we need to know scripture. We need to know what does the word of God say and what, how do I apply the word of God to my life? Okay, so number two is the word of God. Number three, oh, this is good. All right, I'm blessing myself tonight. Praise the Lord. Does, number three, does the manifestation glorify Jesus or glorify the person? If this is good, tell me to keep going. If not, I'll just stop here because we're an hour in. Number three, does the manifestation glorify Jesus or the person? So many times I've seen fake manifestation, lying signs and wonders. It only brings glory and attention away from Jesus and onto the person, either manifesting or the person performing the signs and wonder. Any sign and wonder that does not bring glory to Jesus. Okay, everyone said keep going. That does not bring glory to Jesus is not from God. It is from a demonic spirit. Remember, the purpose of signs and wonders is to affirm the gospel and to bring glory to Jesus. Jesus said this in John 16, 13. When the spirit comes, pay attention here, he will guide you into the truth and he will glorify me, okay? So Jesus tells us how to bring him glory. And he says, the spirit's gonna come and the spirit's gonna guide you into the truth. He's gonna take you hand in hand and you're gonna read the Bible and he's going to guide you into the truth and then he's going to bring glory to me. That is the job of the Holy Spirit. Demonic spirits bring glory away from Jesus. The Holy Spirit brings glory to Jesus. Two main functions of the Holy Spirit. Number one is to glorify Jesus. Write that down. So any authentic manifestation of the Holy Spirit also glorifies Jesus and puts our attention to Jesus. I have seen hundreds of genuine manifestations. Let me tell you what happens. People glorify God. Deliverance is a manifestation, by the way. And every time I've got done casting out demons, guess what happens? Everybody looks to Jesus. Everybody glorifies Jesus. Everybody glorifies God. Why? Because it's pointing and it's bringing us closer to Jesus. Now, when human personalities start getting more praise, oh man, this is good preaching, Isaiah, I'm blessing myself. When human personalities start getting more praise and glory than Jesus, the Holy Spirit begins to withdraw from that movement and from that person. So the moment a personality, okay, Isaiah Saldivar is a personality, a human personality. The moment I start getting more praise and more glory than Jesus, that is when the Holy Spirit begins to lift off my life, begins to withdraw from the person and the revival. When churches replace Christ with a personality, they usually crumble, which is why many, now I don't want to go into this because I could go on a huge rant and I won't, which is why many celebrity pastors oftentimes don't last long. I could name 10 celebrity pastors 
that have cheated on their wives in the last five years. I can name 10 right now. Celebrity. Hundreds of thousands of followers. Why? Because they've taken the glory and the credit that only Jesus deserves. The Holy Spirit's job is to glorify Jesus. God will not share his glory with anyone. Isaiah 48, 11, this is what it says. I will not give my glory to another. God is not going to share his glory with a celebrity preacher. One thing that my pastor, my spiritual father, my Nino, who's watching right now, always taught me is in the ministry, if you want to be successful, there is three things, three things that you don't touch. Number one, women. You don't touch or mess with women. Money and the glory of God. If you want to be a successful preacher, influencer, pastor, leader, those are the three things you need to keep your hand off of because those will ruin your ministry faster than anything. Do not touch the glory of God. Do not allow women, do not allow money to get in the way or to get into your life or to try to infiltrate you. Those are the three things you need to stay away from. Now, second thing is the Holy Spirit does according to Jesus, John 16. Jesus shows us the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is not an it. It is a he. And Jesus said he who's the Holy Spirit, which I'm going to do a stream on the Holy Spirit very, very soon, will lead you into truth. We don't experience it. We experience him. So when we're experiencing the Holy Spirit, it's not like, oh, I had this experience with it. It's not an it. It is a person. It's the Holy Spirit. And he is a person. They work together, not against each other. The Holy Spirit and Jesus always work together. So to close that point, if there's a manifestation that brings glory off of Jesus and onto the person, it's a false manifestation. It's not the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost's job is to glorify Jesus. Number four. Oh, this is good preaching here. Number four. Does the manifestation or the spirit produce a love for other Christians? Yes, that is one test. The fourth test is does this manifestation produce a love for other Christians? John 13, 35, Jesus said, by this, they'll know you're my disciples, your love for one another. The apostle Paul echoes this in 1 Timothy 1, 5. It says the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience. So love, love, love for each other is our goal. Signs and wonders need to draw us closer as a community and cause us to love each other more, not love each other less. When God moves in signs and wonders, it's not about competition. It's not about who's gifted enough. Who can preach better? Who can prophesy better? Who can do words of knowledge better? Who can do this better? It is not about that. What it's about is bringing us in a community and more in love with each other because this is the way that the world knows if we're genuine or not is our love for one another. So you need to ask yourself this. Is my, has my faith or has this manifestation made me a loving person? In 1 Corinthians 13, 2, Paul says, if I have the gift of prophecy, and can fathom all the mysteries and all the knowledge. And if I have faith that can move mountains, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. So Paul said, listen, if I'm this super prophetic guy, I could read everybody's mail, I could move mountains, I could do this word of knowledge, this word of knowledge, this word of knowledge, but I don't love people, he says, I'm nothing. I'm literally nothing because love is our ultimate goal. It's causing the world to look at us and say, wow, these people love each other. That's what love does. But right now, does the world, let's, let's get real here. Does the world really look at the church right now and say, man, they really do love each other. They really are just so in unity. No, absolutely not. 
as the church, we are more divided than we've ever been in history. Everybody is arguing on Facebook about everything going on. Should I wear a mask? Should I not wear a mask? Should I get vaccinated? Should I not get vaccinated? Should I social distance? Should we meet in a church? Should we stream online? Just speaking in tongues for today is miracles for today. Everyone's just arguing, 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 arguing. And I'm just going like, what in the world does the world? That is why the world thinks we're a joke. That is why the world thinks we're hypocrites because we don't know how to love for each other. Well, Isaiah, why don't you talk about this politics? Why don't you talk about this? I'm going to tell you why I don't talk about it. Are you ready? Open up your ears. Clean out all your, your spiritual, religious earwax. Because we have enough division over pointless things, Isaiah Saldivar is not interested in causing more division. Now, I don't mind causing division or when it comes to God's word and truth and dividing those that are false from real, but I'm not going to cause division over social or cultural or political issues. So are you going to catch Isaiah Saldivar getting on here talking about vaccines and talking about politics and talking about the president, talking about is it a fraud or not? No. Why? Do I have my own opinions on everything? Of course I do. But I will not use my public platform. Can I get a one in the chat if you appreciate this? I will not use my public platform to bring division in the body of Christ. So I honestly don't care whether you meet online, whether you meet in a truck bed, whether you meet in a closet, whether you meet in your building, or whether you meet on the grass. I don't. I, I literally don't care. I'm tired of the division in the body of Christ. It is time to get unified, to love one another. I'm going to tell you guys something that will literally change your life. Be a loving person. Stop being so angry. Stop being a keyboard warrior. Stop arguing with everybody about everything and start loving each other. This is what we need to do. The devil's winning right now. He's used everything he can to divide us, but it's time for us to love each other. Does the sign and wonder cause you to love each other more? Okay, let me get... I'm telling you guys, I could just go on all, the, all night on this. Let me give you the, the fifth test. Is this good? Let me know. The fifth test to know if something is genuine or not. Now, there's some of you like, I've been in deception. I need to find a new church after tonight because I've been deceived because my church has not passed any of these tests. Number five, after the manifestation, are we more concerned with lost people? Oh, brother Isaiah, that is good preaching. Say that again. After the manifestation... Are we more concerned with lost people or not? That is very important. Are these signs and wonders causing us to have a genuine concern over lost and hurting people? Or are we merely entertaining and performing for each other? I want to reach the lost, not babysit believers. Okay. Jesus told the disciples in John 4, 35, lift up your eyes, look at the field for they are already white for harvest. The world is ready. They're waiting for us to go to them. The world is waiting for us to go to them. They need us to bring the gospel message to them. These are the five tests. These are what we need to test every manifestation, every spiritual thing with. And I got a bonus five. If you guys want them, I got a little bonus here. Type one in the chat. But if you use these five tests, you're going to be able to see, is deception at work in my life? Is deception at work in my church? Is deception at work in my ministry? Those are the five. And I'm going to type them in the YouTube description after the video. I can't do it now for the sake of time, but I'll type them in after. Okay, let me give you this last thing. And then we're going to close. We're going to start praying. I know we're an hour and 10. And here's the thing, guys. I was gone last week, all week. Okay, I know you all miss me. So I'm going extra long tonight. And... This next week, I'm only going to be streaming on Monday and Tuesday. But let me give you very, very, very quick. These I want you to pray about. I want you to write down. I want you to think about. I've given you the five ways to test the spirits. Now I'm going to give you very quick five characteristics 
This is where it gets to get real juicy bonus here. Five characteristics of a person who has a high chance to fall into deception, okay? Five, five characteristics of someone that's highly likely to fall into deception. Number one characteristic of someone that will fall into deception. Everyone's saying bonus, yes, bonus tonight. Number one is they rely on emotions too much. These are gonna be very quick. Give me like 10 Pentecostal minutes. They rely on emotions too much. This is dangerous when you're trying to live out your Christian life and you're always relying on emotions. People who are deceived often rely on emotion to distinguish what is God and what isn't rather than the word of God. People get emotional when God touches them, yes. But realize there's many emotions that take place even under deception. People might say this, Oh man, I just felt so good when he prophesied over me. I must be from God because I felt so good about it. Or when I was manifesting this certain way, it had to be from God because it felt so good. Or I feel like this, or I feel right about this, or I feel, or I feel, I feel. Although it's not biblical, it's all about emotions and feelings. So people that rely on emotions too heavily oftentimes be deceived because feelings will mislead you. Some of you know this because your feelings led you into a bad relationship and you stayed longer than you should have stayed because of your feelings. When you rely on emotions and feelings too much, you become a prey to the spirit of deception. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We walk by faith, not by sight. So we don't rely on our emotions or physical senses. We rely on the word of God. So number one characteristic of somebody that will be easily deceived is that they rely too much on emotions. Okay, we're going quick. Number two, people that will be deceived. Characteristic number two, they look only to human leaders and not to God. We just talked about this earlier. These people only look to human leaders. They don't look to God. And let me say this. It is biblical to look to human leaders but first, because 1 Corinthians 11 says, follow me as I follow Christ. But when you stop relying on God, write this down, and only rely on human leaders, you are prey or an easy target to the spirit of deception. No human leader is perfect or infallible. And if you take everything they say without checking it with scripture, you're walking on dangerous grounds, including ding, 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 Isaiah Saldivar. You should take what I say and line it up with the word of God. Now, especially when the human leaders try to get you to not follow God's word. But here's what I want to tell you. You have access, you might not know this, to the presence of God. You have access to climb the mountain. You don't need anyone to do it for you. You don't need Moses. You don't need a high priest. Come on, this is good news, somebody. You have access to go to the mountain yourself. Jesus is now your high priest. He's your mediator. He's your connection, and you can boldly come to him you don't need me to pray for you, to lay hands on you, or to do anything else for you. I'm not your Jesus. I'm not your Moses. You can go to him directly. When I do altar calls, I don't do prayer lines. Why do I not do prayer lines? Because I don't want people lining up and relying on me to give you some special mantle or some special blessing. When Jesus already gave you a special blessing, his name is the Holy Spirit. Oh, come on, brother. You're preaching strong tonight. Jesus already gave you the Holy Spirit. You don't need a special blessing from me. And let me tell you a great way to grieve the Holy Spirit. Are you ready? Write this down. When you rely on Isaiah Saldivar over the Holy Spirit. 
You should not be relying on me more than you rely on the Holy Spirit. You need to rely on the Holy Spirit. He is the one that's going to lead you in the truth. He's the one that's going to guide you. He's the one that's going to direct you. He's the one that sets your path straight. Stop relying on me more than you rely on him. Now you can rely on me. I'll pray for you. I'll cry with you. I'll believe with you. I'll deliver you, but don't rely more on me than you do the Holy Spirit. Okay. Number three, these are quick, 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 quick. Number three is accepting the supernatural as always from God. Okay, that's a high chance of deception. Jesus himself, remember, said false prophets will rise, perform great signs and wonders. The fact that someone does supernatural signs and wonders did not guarantee guarantee they are authentic. Do not accept signs and wonders blindly. And don't think because somebody does a sign or a wonder that they are from God. Now, nobody can drive a demon out and be from the devil. Remember this. That's why these people do not do deliverance ministry. But this is why we're talking about why we must test these things. Okay, so number three is accepting supernatural always from God. Number four, characteristics of somebody that's easily deceived is their unwillingness to suffer or face persecution. 2 Timothy 3.12 says, all who desire to live godly in Jesus Christ will suffer persecution. Suffering is the reality of the Christian life and God uses suffering to shape us. Anyone who expects or promises only good things is a false prophet or a misled person. Remember, according to Jeremiah 6, false prophets are going to preach peace during a time of war where there is no peace. We must accept suffering like we accept blessings. A suffer-free life is a false, deceptive gospel. Let me say that again. A suffer-free life is a false, deceptive gospel. What did Jesus say? He said, the road that leads to death is an easy road. Difficult is the way that leads to life. Oh, man, Isaiah, you're preaching good tonight. Number five, are you ready? Last one and we're done. Ignorance of scripture, okay? Here's the bottom line. I have my cell phone right here, okay, with some missing texts and some people at my door. I have access right here to the Bible. Every single one of you have access to the Bible. Number five is the ignorance of scripture. If you are ignorant of scripture, you are going to be deceived. We all have Bibles at our disposals. There's no excuse to not be reading your Bible. Well, Isaiah, I don't have enough time. Okay, let's look at your Netflix. You do have enough time. Let's look at your Instagram, your Facebook. You do have enough time. Stop using excuses and start reading your Bible. Jesus fought off Satan with scripture. And this is our weapon against Satan. It's scripture. This is what we use to fight the devil. We arm ourselves with the word of God. So those are the five characteristics. Like I said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to post all five characteristics of somebody that's easily deceived. I'm going to post five ways to test the spirits. And I'm going to put those all up in the YouTube description after tonight's video so that you're going to be able to get them all. But I believe tonight God is going to break deception. I believe tonight God is going to baptize and fill people with the Holy Spirit. I want to pray a special time of prayer tonight for those that are dealing with COVID, for those that have been diagnosed with COVID-19, for those of you that are struggling, that are sick in body, I believe tonight the Holy Spirit wants to bring healing. And many of you are already posting the characteristics. Someone said bonus, you're already posting all the things. So praise the Lord, you can copy it from there. But I believe tonight the Holy Spirit wants to bring healing of COVID. I have a lot of friends and family right now that have COVID. A lot of people on my Facebook that have COVID that are very sick. I have a friend that just lost his father. I've had several friends lose their fathers in this. And I know we're in the middle of a global pandemic. And I believe the power and the presence of God is strong to heal and to deliver tonight. And I'm also going to pray that God would break deception off of you in Jesus' name. If this video helped you, type one. We're going to pray. Don't leave. We're going to pray. And then we're going to hang out with the chat. 
We're going to read through all the donations and we're going to go for it, okay? Father, we ask you right now by the power and the anointing of your Holy Spirit that you would break off this demonic spirit of deception in Jesus' name. We command now the spirit of deception to get off of you in Jesus' name. Deception, you have no power. You have no place in Jesus' name. The Lord rebukes you. Lord, we ask for clarity right now. We ask for truth right now. We ask for wisdom and revelation in Jesus' name. Spirit of deception, you have no no legal right or power and we break you now in Jesus name Lord we ask you that you would open up our eyes in Jesus name open up our eyes so that we're not deceived by familiar spirits or by demonic spirits or by what Paul calls false apostles Lord we know your word says that in those last days many will do signs and wonders and deceive many and so father we ask that we would be deception proof in Jesus name we ask that we would be deception proof in Jesus name Father, we ask right now that you would just break off the power of deception. Satan, get your hands off of God's people in Jesus' name. Satan, your power is broken. God, open up our eyes in Jesus' name. Reveal your truth to us in Jesus' name. Give us a love for the scripture. Give us a love for your for you, Jesus. Give us a love for your presence. Holy Spirit, we ask you, God, let us be personal with the Holy Spirit. Let us not treat the Holy Spirit like it's an it but it's a person. Lord, we ask you for a fresh anointing. Come on right now, wherever you are, just receive it, God. Release a fresh anointing. Release your power. Release your fire. Release your healing anointing. We're gonna pray right now, guys, for those of you that are sick in body, God wants to release healing. We've, we've literally gotten hundreds of testimonies of people getting miraculously healed, not because of me, but, but I'm just being a vessel to the presence and the power of God. I wanna believe God for healing tonight and I want to also believe for healing of COVID. So here's what I want you to do. If you don't mind, type out the name of anyone you know that has COVID because I want to pray over this chat and I want to break. Now, if it's a secret, it's okay. God knows. But if you want to type their name, I want to pray and I'm going to go back later and pray over the comments and we're going to break the power of COVID in Jesus name and pray healing. So if you need healing in your body, type your name in the chat. If you have a family or friend that has COVID, go ahead and type them in the chat because we're going to believe for healing. And I believe the Lord is saying tonight he's going to heal entire families. So a lot of times when people get COVID, the entire family gets it. But in Jesus' name, they will be healed. They will be made well in Jesus' name. So Father, we ask you, okay, hundreds of names coming in. Father, we ask you in Jesus' name over every person listening, over every name coming in for you to bring divine healing. We pray healing now. We bind and rebuke COVID-19 in Jesus' name. And God, we ask for your healing anointing. We ask for your healing power. We ask for your healing fire to be released in Jesus' name. God, we ask right now for complete healing, for complete restoration. All sickness must go in Jesus' name. All sickness must go in Jesus' name. We speak the healing power of God to be released right now. Father, we ask for your ministering angels to be released over every sick person, over every person now. Be healed in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray by faith. Your word says that we can pray and believe and we will receive. So right now, I just say receive your healing. I release it now in Jesus' name over every name in the comments by faith. We speak the healing power of Almighty God according to Psalms 103.3, according to Mark 16.17. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be restored in Jesus' name. You will live and not die. I speak over you now that you will not die. We come against the spirit of death in Jesus' name. Those of you that have family or friends in the ICU, we come against the spirit of death now. You will not die. You will live in Jesus' name. You will recover in Jesus' name. We speak divine healing right now. Right now, 
in Jesus' name. Right now, God, be healing, cancer, we break you now in Jesus' name. Diabetes, high blood pressure, sickness, infection, we command you to go now. God's healing infections tonight in Jesus' name. Go. We command healing in Jesus' name. Father, we just ask right now over those families, over these communities, bring your healing wave. Guys, we need God like we've never needed him in America. 300,000 deaths, thir thir over 3,000 deaths a day in the U.S. One minute, every minute somebody is dying in the United States. Guys, we need a healing revival. We need breakthrough in Jesus' name. We need the healing power of God to break out like never before. We need to pray. We need to cry out. We need to repent and say, God, heal our nation, heal our land. He said, if my people were called by my name, would humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways and praise, I would heal the land. So Lord, we are asking, heal our land in Jesus' name. Break COVID in Jesus' name. Restore America. America is too young to die. God, we know that you have a plan for this great nation. And so, Lord, we ask you tonight for your divine healing and for your power in Jesus' name to be released. There is power in the blood. There is power in the name. It's those 39 lashes. We apply that, God. We apply the blood of Jesus, and we just speak healing in Jesus' name. And we just say, be healed in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.